In Malachi chapter 1, In Malachi chapter 1, I believe that there is much in this book, as there is in the other book of the Word of God, that pertains and has to do with God's people today. I'd like to read chapter 1, verse 6. A son honors his father. Now God's doing the speaking. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where's mine honor? And if I be a master, where's my fear? saith the Lord of hosts. If I be a father, Where's mine honor? Do you know God as your heavenly Father tonight? Do you? Can you call him your heavenly Father? God says, if you call me your heavenly Father, where's the honor? Where's mine honor? In fact, in the Ten Commandments, I believe the fifth, verse of the fifth commandment, God says, Honor thy father and thy mother. Honor thy father. But isn't it strange tonight that, and perhaps it is more true than we'd like to confess, that our heavenly father receives less honor that almost anything or everything else that we know or have. When you think about it, we give great honor to those who do great things. We offer great honor to those who are well-known, to those who help us. But how much of our honor or how much honor do we give to our Heavenly Father? How much? Good question, isn't it? If God is your Heavenly Father tonight, where is the honor that belongs to Him? Where is that honor that you are not just duty-bound, but you ought to do it because you love him. Because you love him. Our Heavenly Father deserves to be honored. And yet he receives very little honor. Even in his churches tonight. Even in God's people's homes in the family. Wherever we might go. There may be much said about him. There may be much preached about him. But how much of that really gives honor unto God? And how much of it is intended to bring honor to God? And not just honor to man or to self. Honor thy father. What I want to preach to you about tonight, the Lord willing. 
Keep your finger there in Malachi, but look back with me in the book of Psalm 95. In the 95th Psalm, I'm just going to begin preaching, and when God says quit, that's when we'll quit the Lord willing. Now, if you think he says quit a little early, you can raise your hand. That won't matter, but you can make you feel good. You can do it. Now, I want you to listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 95. Talking about God's people. Oh, come, let us sing to whom? To the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to whom? To the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For what purpose? For because the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is God, and we are the sheep of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. We are to give all honor. We are to give all glory unto the Lord God, our Maker, our Heavenly Father, the very one that has borne us into his own family according to his own good pleasure and will. That it was nothing in me that caused him to look down from heaven and save my soul, but it was what was in his heart and his mind toward me. Before the foundation of the world that made all the difference between heaven and hell for Parvin Hall. Give honor to the Father. Give honor to the one whom we call our Heavenly Father. There are three things I want to point out to you tonight concerning why our Heavenly Father deserves to be worshipped in honor. First of all, our Heavenly Father, to, to honor Him, to, He deserves, our Heavenly Father deserves honor. But you see, we give honor to Him when we worship Him in spirit and in truth. When we worship God in spirit and in truth, we honor Him. He is the one who is in front and foremost in our hearts and in our minds. He is the very focal point of our worship. He is the reason for our worship. And God is honored by that. Let me ask you a question very quickly. See how long it takes you to answer it. Did you come here tonight to worship God? Was it your purpose when you left your house to worship God? Not just to go to church, not to visit a conference, but to come and worship God together in spirit and in truth. You see, many people go to church 
but only a few go to worship. And even God's people so many times are guilty of making their way to the house of God with no, no thought at all of really getting down to business and seriously worshiping Him and giving honor to our Heavenly Father that He deserves. When we worship Him, whether it's in the services like this or home or wherever we may be, we ought to do it in order to honor Him for who He is and what He is unto us. We honor Him by loving Him because of His love for us. We can only honor Him as we honor Him and love Him for the very reason that He first loved us. You see, in Malachi chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2, the Bible says the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. And here it is, I have loved you, saith the Lord. And we can get to, if you're saved tonight, it is as though, as though God is speaking to you. I have loved you. And I know that not only has he loved me, but he still does. I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet you say, When hast thou loved us? When hast thou loved us? It's a sad thing when a child of God cannot find a reason why God loves them. And sometimes God's people are like others in this world. They get so far down in depression. They get so far down and burdened with all the cares of this life that they get to the place that they don't think that anybody loves them. And they forget their Heavenly Father who loves them with an everlasting love. But we are to honor our Heavenly Father in worshiping Him in loving Him because He first loved us. Recognizing that which He has done for us. He deserves our best when we come to the worship services in God's house. We ought never come to the house of God to worship Him with a thought in mind of giving Him only second best, but He ought to get all our best. That means that our best singing ought to be when we worship God. Keep your finger in Malachi, but look with me in the New Testament in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, where Brother Clyde Hancock was preaching a while ago. But in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, listen to what the Bible says unto the church and to the church members of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians, chapter 5, and we'll begin reading in verse 18, Listen to what he says. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You're not going to have any trouble honoring God when you're filled with His Spirit, when you're controlled by His Spirit. But sometimes we enter into the house of God with a bad spirit. As the brother said, do your neighbors see you fussing and fighting when you get ready to get in the automobile and come to the house of God? 
You're going to see Dad chase the little guy around the car. Get in there, I said, get in right now. Mama says, leave that baby alone. Daddy pulls him up to his little wing, just ready to let everybody straighten up now. We're going to church. No, you were already going to church when you left the house. Should have already been the spirit of worship. But sometimes we bring a bad spirit to the house of God. But listen to what he says in verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody, not only singing but making melody. How beautiful that must be to the ears of God, not only the singing but the melody. It doesn't have to be on key for God to enjoy it, but it's the making of the melody that he wants to hear. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. To the Lord. When the song leader leads us in a song, we ought to sing it to the Lord. We ought to sing it in order to honor Him, to give Him the glory and the honor. You see, He has chosen us as His churches to sing unto Him. And we all sing unto him in our hearts, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's giving honor to the Father. And that's how we ought to operate. That's how we ought to, to act. That's how we ought to be in the services when we come to God's house. Our singing ought to be enthusiastic. It ought to not remind you of being in a funeral home somewhere where nobody hardly speaks up. Well, today, most of them go to funeral home to visit the dead. They're louder than they are church nowadays. But God's people have come to the house of God and barely open their mouths to sing. Give the automobile and turn some of that old music on on the radio and sing out with it and enjoy it like it was religious. But when we come to the house of God, we ought to worship Him. Amen, That's how we honor Him, by worshiping Amen. Him. In the book of Colossians, and chapter 3, listen again, just a little bit clearer than what I just made it. In Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12, listen to what the Apostle Paul tells the church members of Colossae. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ, or in the same manner as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye faithful. Let the word of Christ, running you richly in all wisdom, 
preaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Honoring our Father. Read those when you get home. And as a New Testament missionary by this church member, this is how we honor our Father, by practicing what we just read. Not just some of it, but all of it. I want you to notice what God charged his people with in the days of Malachi. In Malachi chapter 1 again, let me begin reading in verse 6. In Malachi 1 verse 6, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts, unto you, O priest, that despise my name? And you say, Wherein have we despised thy name? You offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and you say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say, The table of the Lord is, is contemptible. In other words, God says, Listen, where is the honor? If I am your father, where is the honor that's due unto the Father? You have despised my name. Not that they didn't use the name, but they used it perhaps in a despicable manner. If that is a real word. But they use it in a wrong manner. And they offer polluted bread. And they offer that which is, they say that the Lord's table is contemptible. In other words, they were saying that, that the things of God were not as important as some might think or say. There are many Baptist church members tonight that I'm afraid that are guilty of thinking like that. Well, it's really not Sunday, so perhaps I don't have to go to church on Wednesday. I can take the kids to the ball game, or I can do this or that. Or well, I went Sunday morning, but Sunday evening we've got to go somewhere. That's what God's talking about. The table of the Lord, folks, listen. Every Sunday morning, even during the Sunday school, even during the preaching service, Sunday evening and Wednesday evening, anytime we have special services at the Faith Baptist Church in Murray, Kentucky, the Lord always sets a table. Amen. He sets a feed, folks. The Word of God. Amen. You don't come to our services without getting fed. You may not be able to chew it up and swallow it, but it's there when you get there. But if you're going to ride, it may be that you think the Lord's table is unimportant. But where is the honor in that? Where is the honor in not being faithful to the church in which God placed you? Where does it honor the Father? 
when we find any kind of an excuse, perhaps, to miss a service without really being providentially hindered. But you see, God charged them with this. He goes on to say in verse 8, And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? In other words, he said, you know what you're doing? You have been offering unto me the very thing you wouldn't have. I know you wouldn't want it, but you bring it to me and call it an offering. He said, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? Yes! Why don't you just go to the governor? Why don't you go to that one that presides over you or governs you and try to give him those things? Why don't you try to pay your taxes with counterfeit money? They won't take them on. There'll be truckloads out there after you. They won't take it. And God doesn't want it either. But a lot of our worship and even our praying sometimes is nothing but counterfeit. You get caught up and somebody calls on you to pray. No more ready to pray than the man the moon. If I be your father, where is the honor? Where is the honor? We come to the house of God, and every one of us are guilty of it, no doubt. We come to the house of God many times, saying we're going to worship God, and we didn't even take time to pray and repent of our sins before we got there. Not even bothered about it. Just come on! Sing! Pray! Praise! Have a good time! Without any repentance, it doesn't honor the Father. God receives no honor from that, folks. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid that God gives very little honor many times and quite a bit of the time. What do you do when you come to the services and the preacher's preaching God's word? Why do you look through those songbooks while the preacher's preaching? What are you looking for? Did you lose something in them? What do you sit there and clean the fingernails for? One of the ladies said, Brother Hall says, you see everything that's going on. I said, sure I do. And I said, God does too. Can't help but see it. A lot of you aren't even ashamed of it. Why do you sit there and talk back and forth, talking about something that has nothing to do with the Word of God, has nothing to do with the worship service, just talking about work, talking about home, talking about what you forgot to do, talking about what you're going to do, and don't even really pay attention. Don't really get caught up in the preaching of God's Word. God says, if I'm your father, where is my honor? Should we not listen to what God has to say when he speaks? Should we not give him our uttermost attention when God speaks to our hearts? 
Is there anything more important at home? Is there any more, anything more important at work? Is there anyone more important than God our Heavenly Father that deserves to receive more honor than he does? But who is it that gets most of the honor? Who is it that gets the honor? Let me show you something in the book. Of, keep your finger there, Malachi. We'll be back, Lord willing. In the book of Daniel, chapter 4, I want to show you something. I always liked what Nebuchadnezzar had to say about God, but it means more to me now since God gave me this message than it ever did before. But I want you to listen to old King Nebuchadnezzar when God got him right. When God brought him to his senses and got him right, spiritually speaking, listen to what he says. In Daniel chapter 4, verse 34. In Daniel chapter 4, verse 34. Now read it carefully. Because God's question is, if I be a father, where is the honor? And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes to heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. And the first thing he did, he said, I blessed the Most High. And I praised and I honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords saw unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Listen, he was talking like that before God got hold of him, but he didn't know what he was talking about then because he was laying it all on himself. Look what I've done. Look what all that I've done. Look at this great and powerful kingdom that I have gotten myself. Listen to him in verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all his works of truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. Nobody knew that any better than the man that gave this testimony. Now he says, I lift up and honor God. Man, I can remember when I was first saved. And I can remember that I couldn't hardly wait to just get alone. And I went upstairs in my bedroom with the lights still out. Got on my knees, and I lifted up my eyes to heaven in the dark, and I said, for the first time in my life, as far as I can remember, my heavenly Father. And I could talk with him, and I could praise him, and I could thank him for his love for me and his mercies and his grace in saving my soul to glorify him, to worship him, 
to honor the Heavenly Father. We do honor our Heavenly Father. We honor Him according to our affections that we have for Him. The more we love Him, the more honor He will receive. The less we love Him, the less honor that He will receive. The more we appreciate Him, the more honor we will give Him. May God help us to see that love that He's bestowed upon us. I remember Jesus speaking that parable about the creditors and how that, how that there were two of them that owed money and one of them owed a lot, one owed a little, however it was. And anyway, Jesus asked the question, which one do you think would love him the most? He forgave them both. He said, which one do you think would love him the most? And the answer was, well, of course, the one whom he forgave most. I may not know everything, but I know I love my Heavenly Father tonight because he has forgiven me of much, so much. Even as I sat there tonight, God, forgive me. I'm the weakest. I'm the most sinful. Help me that I might give you the honor and the glory that you deserve. God is our Heavenly Father. There is the honor. We ought to manifest that honor unto Him. You say, I don't rob him of his honor, Brother Hall. Well, keep your finger in Malachi again, but look with me in the book of Proverbs. Let me read this to you. We're going to have to hurry. But in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, you know, God, in, in, the, in the third chapter of Malachi, you can go ahead and turn to Proverbs, chapter 3, but in the third chapter of Malachi, God said, Will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Which you rob me. They said, We've never all robbed you. We've never stolen anything from you, God. God said, you have your tithes and offerings. You've stolen my tithes and offerings. You've stolen that which belongs to me. When you steal or when you, when you keep, when you keep God's tithes and offerings, you know what you do? You steal his honor. Right, right. Amen. Let me show you that in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance, that which you have, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. The first fruits of all that God gives you, you're to honor him with it. The tithe. The tithe. You see, the first of all that God gives us belongs to him. He calls it the tithe or the tenth. But he says, honor the Lord with this. So if God be our Heavenly Father, where is the honor? If we fail to tithe and bring him the offerings that he deserves, not only to honor him is to worship him, but to trust him is to honor him, to trust him. We won't have time to get into a lot of this, but, but to trust God, to trust his promises. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, 
after that God had told them what they were what they were in robbing him of his tithes and offerings, he says in verse 9 of Mount Malachi 3, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and it shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. This is the promise of God to those in that day, if they would only be faithful and honoring God with their tithes and offerings. But they failed to trust his promises. And when we fail to trust God and his promises, we give him no honor. There is no honor in refusing to depend upon and to trust in Jesus Christ is everything you need. When we run to the government, when we run to this one or that one, before we ever go to God first, we give him no honor. I always tell folks when they get sick, there's nothing wrong with taking medicine. But trust the Lord and then take your medicine. Don't take your medicine and then trust the Lord. Trust the Lord and then take your medicine, you see. That gives him honor and that gives him glory. That's what the Bible says, you know. In, in, the, book of, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3 again, I should have told you to catch finger there. In Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 5, this is what he says about, about that which he, which he does to those who trust him and honor him by trusting him. In Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now listen, folks. You can't be here tonight trusting in the Lord and trying to trust him at the same time. If you're trying, you're not trusting him. If you're trusting him, you're not trying. Right. Something else. You cannot worry and trust God at the same time. You'll have to do one or the other. Now, David said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. You can do that. You can be afraid but still trust him. But you can't worry and trust him at the same time. You can't trust him and worry at the same time. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. Now listen to verse 8. It shall be health to thy neighbor, and marrow to thy bones. Amen. To honor God by trusting him for all that you need, whatever it might be, is a healthy thing to do. Amen. Amen. You know what he said? Amen. He said, it shall be health to thy neighbor and more to thy bones. He said, it's a healthy thing 
to honor God by trusting him. Trust him because of his faithfulness. Trust him because he is faithful to you even when we're unfaithful. Honor him with that honor that he deserves. We fail to honor him when we fail to trust him as we ought to. And then third and lastly, to obey God is to honor him. Amen. To obey God is to honor him. I haven't found anything difficult about these things, the simple thoughts, and yet so badly needed in the day in which we live. Amen. But in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, I want you to listen again what God said to those in that day. And I like this. In Malachi, chapter 3, verse 16, Then they that feared the Lord, remember what he said, If I be a father, where is my honor? If I be a master, where is the fear? Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. What do you think they were talking about? Oh, boy, I still got that back. It's killing me. Now they were talking about the Lord. They were giving honor to the Lord. They were honoring the Heavenly Father. They spoke often one to another, and the Lord hearkened. That meant he paid close attention to what was being said. And he heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. You see, they could talk about him. They could talk those good things. They had good things to say about him. They brought honor to his name. They feared him in a proper manner. And God paid attention to him, close attention. And he heard everything that they had said. And God caused the book to be written. And I call it the book of remembrance. Yeah. All of those good things that we had to say about the Lord, folks. I believe God takes the light in him. I believe he records them. Maybe he keeps a book of remembrance in those things because it gives honor unto him. Gives honor unto him. The Bible says that whosoever praises God glorifies him. If you just praise him, it glorifies him. You see. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serves him. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Listen, when God receives the honor that he deserves, whoever it is, whoever it is of us, who are children of God and right with God, when we give them that proper honor, it's going to distinguish us from the wicked. Amen. It's going to cause a separation. It's going to cause an identification, as Brother Clyde said. It's going to identify us. Isn't that what he says? That you'll be able to discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves him not. I'm saying that wherever we go, whatever we do, we ought to honor God. Amen. When we leave this building tonight and go out there in the streets, we ought to honor God. Baptist ladies ought to honor God in the way they dress. Amen. 
They ought to be able to be a, a difference that is recognized. I'm not being mean, I'm just being honest. God said, if I'm your heavenly father, where is the honor? Dad came back in the motel room at night and he said, Dad, he said, that fellow was out there with a shirt and shorts. And now he's out there in his shorts. Without a shirt. That dishonors God. I don't care whether it's male or female. We ought to keep our bodies covered. Not partially covered, but covered. Honorably. We ought to be a separation. And a separated life lived to those that set out to honor God. To live a separated life is to honor Him. To honor God, we ought to use what He gives us. To honor God, we ought to imitate Him. We ought to imitate Him. You know what? We're pretty bad imitators when it comes to imitating God a lot of times. We don't treat others like God treats us. We'll honor God by calling upon him in prayer, repenting of our sins and claiming his forgiveness through Jesus. We'll honor God by surrendering to him all that we are and all that we have. Lord, here am I. Here am I. Do with me as it pleases you, to your honor, to your glory. It does honor God when we tell others about him. It honors God, our Father, when we tell others about him, bragging on our Father, boasting about him. When I was in Mary, I did a lot of boasting about my Heavenly Father, what he could do and what he would do. I had no doubts about it. But I remember David in the Psalms as he bragged and boasted about the Lord. He said, Lord, don't let me be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Make sure we brag about him and boast of him because we know him. Because we know him as he really is. Do you know him tonight? Do you know this one who is the great God, the great King of kings and Lord of lords? Do you know him as your own personal Lord and Savior? The one who sits closer than a brother. The one who loves you at all times. Do you know him?